Hi, this is Lindsay and Maggie, and you are listening to Love, Life, and Everything in Between. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome back. Thank you so much for being here. We actually took a week off of releasing a podcast episode last week, so we are so excited to be here with you today to talk about empathy. So Maggie and I talk about empathy a lot. It's something that's a very big value to both of us personally and professionally as artists. So I'm really excited to dive in. And Maggie, I just wanted to ask you about empathy and about specifically being an empath. So is being an empath something that you see as a superpower Or is it something that kind of feels like more of a burden sometimes? Wow. That's an interesting, interesting thought. I think it's both. I'm going to say it's, uh, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a gift and a blessing. And if it's not monitored very carefully, it can become a burden. And I don't like the word curse, but it it can, (laughs) it can be very heavy. And, uh, Speaking of empathy, I want to give you a love. Uh, I know that you lost someone very close to you this week and uh, last week, and I've been just thinking of you and praying for you and and everyone out there. Just give Lindsay some, some love and hugs. Um, oh, thank but you. Yeah, I because I, I think that um, when you feel so heavily, and like we've talked about, and I feel with uh, with people that I don't even know. Um, not that that matters because every human has value, but I will, t- that energy is so heavy for me if, if I'm feeling the empathy for them. Yeah. And so then I take it on. So it, it, yeah, like I said, it's both, it's A and B. Um, then again, it can bring you so much joy, you know, uh, because right. as, as you can feel as much sadness and you can also feel joy and love. So yeah. that's incredible. There's my answer. What about you? Well, you know, I have really grown over time to see being an empath as a superpower. It doesn't always feel that way. Like you said, it can really weigh you down, but I think it really is a gift. And I think that that is just the perfect way to describe it, which is what you have said. And, um, I guess for, for those who are listening that have maybe never heard of empaths before, Empath was a term that I didn't really become familiar with until, I don't know, maybe six or seven years ago. I remember being in college and I was on Instagram (laughs) at the time. And I remember seeing this graphic about empaths and I thought empath, that's an interesting term. I've never seen that before. And I was like, well, are they just missing the why? Is it supposed to be empathy? You know, I didn't know. And I ended up reading the caption that was all about what being an empath is. And really the definition of an empath is someone that has the ability to feel other people's energy and to feel Mm -hmm. other people's feelings as if they were their own. And I instantly just felt so seen because I've always been that way. You know, like I'm the type of person that I can be sitting next to someone on the train and I can just catch their energy. And I instantly know whether they've had a good day, a bad day, if they're feeling worried, if they're feeling excited or relaxed. And I used to carry that around with me sometimes. Like, you know, for example, 
um, if I was having dinner with a friend and that friend was having a really exciting week and was just sharing all their like really positive, you know, happenings in their life with me, I would leave that dinner and I would feel on top of the world. I would feel like I was having the best week ever. I would be like, wow, that was an amazing dinner. Like the vibe is so high. But similarly, if I sat down to dinner with someone and they were having a really tough week, even if it had nothing to do with me, even if they didn't really tell me what was going on, I could feel that in their energy. And sometimes I would walk away from dinner and be like, man, I had a pretty good day today. Why am I feeling so heavy? I feel really tired. I feel sad. And that used to really confuse me because sometimes it just didn't have, I felt like I was feeling feelings for no reason. I was like, there's no reason for me to be sad. Why am I feeling so sad? Um, so once I learned about empaths feeling other people's feelings as their own, I started learning more about how to separate what are my feelings and what am I feeling are like as other people's feelings. So what am, am I feeling empathy for someone else? And am I taking on their feelings as my own? Or are these truly my own feelings? Um, and yes. I worked through that in therapy. It's something that I still think about a lot and can struggle with some days. It's sometimes really hard to tell the difference. Do you experience that as well? Yes, I do. And I think that that is a very good good topic that you brought up because when you are an empath and, and, a, and a very deep one that you are, and, and I think I am too, I can, I, yes, I sometimes confuse the energy that I'm picking up on what's really going on with me. So I have to clear that space and I equate it to going in and cleaning up a room um, getting the clutter out because yes, either there are oftentimes, and I think I told you a little bit earlier, uh, if I'm in a room with people that, uh, I don't even know and something is going on or I can sense the sadness and I pick up on their sadness. And even though I might not really be sad at that point. So then I have to figure out again, what's going on with me, Maggie, or am I, pick, am I picking up that energy? Yes. Yes. That, you know, that really um, is such a good point because I used to talk about this a lot when I was a kid. I don't know why I just remembered this. I haven't thought about this in years, but when I was growing up, I would used to tell my parents, I would walk into an empty room. Like I'd walk into the living room and I could tell if they had just been having a serious conversation or if someone had been in a fight or something like that. I could walk into the room and know that what had happened there, even though I wasn't in the space when it happened. So I'd go up to my parents and I'd say, are you guys okay? And they'd be like, what do you mean? And it's like, well, I, I could feel it in the living room, you know, like what's going on? And they'd be like, what? And I would always tell them that or I'd walk into my bedroom and I'd be like, mom, are you in my room today? And she'd be like, oh yeah, I was putting away your laundry. And I'd be like, yeah, something felt different. And, and it was always just, I was like that as a kid. And I'm still very much like that today in physical spaces, but the the reason why I thought of that is because, well, first of all, I want to say that as <laughs> actors, I think most actors are empaths or most artists for that matter, because we have the gift of taking our feelings and really alchemizing them or transforming them into something tangible, like a song or a dance or a, a picture that we draw or with actors, 
we take our emotions and we transform them into a, a character and experience. And for me, I've always had this sensation in practice studios, right? So like around New York City, if you're going to rehearse for a show, you would go into a rehearsal space because none of us have room to put everyone in our apartments normally. And anyway, <laughs> so there are these beautiful rehearsal spaces. And I loved getting to rehearsal early when the room was empty, if I had that luxury, unless someone else was rehearsing in there. But I'd love to go into the space and just sit there. And I could feel this creative energy from all the other people that had been rehearsing in there that day. And sometimes I feel like the energy needed to be cleared or I almost needed to like calibrate my energy to the space. Um, and I've always loved rehearsal spaces for that reason. It's just this empty space that you can just feel this energy of people being in there before you. And it totally reminds me of, of what you said with like, when you're taking on emotions that aren't your own, you think about it almost as like clearing a space or cleansing a room, you know? And, and I think we do have that kind of room inside each of us. And sometimes when other people have been in our, in our energetic space, part of the visualization I do to clear my space is imagine my body and my soul, my energetic space as like an empty room, just like a white empty rehearsal hall or rehearsal space. And it instantly just, you can kind of clear it a little bit more. There's this expansive sort of feeling in it. And I just love that visualization. And, and I just wanted to confirm and, and validate that um, image that you gave me is so strong. Oh, good. Well, and I think, yeah, and uh, I love rehear I love that we're talking about rehearsal spaces. You know, you and I, we've had we've had some good rehearsals at my house, and I miss that so yes. much after COVID. Mm -hmm. Maybe we'll get back to that someday. Um, and I hope so. I hope so very soon. Uh, yeah, but I look at it kind of. You know how some people. Um, I don't know if you do this, but you know, uh, sometimes I'll sage the house. You yes, know? Mm -hmm. I think Me that's too. very powerful. And so I think is being you have to emotionally sage yourself. Yes. Yeah. And clear that, clear that and see what's really going on. Uh, like I said, and make sure that you're in your space, not in somebody else's headspace. Yeah. What are some ways that you kind of emotionally sage yourself or really cleanse your energy? Are there any practices specifically that you kind of do or visualizations you have that work for you? Well, Lindsay, it's a work in progress. Yes, I've tried everything. Uh, I love to meditate, as you know. I'm a big fan of, of the meditation. I, I try and practice it every morning and every night. Not going to lie to you and tell you that I get there, uh, but I try to do it at least 20 minutes in the morning and 20 minutes at night. And well, that's why they call it a practice. It's, a pra I, it's yes. just a practice. It's not it's a, a practice. And it's sometimes not it's not perfect. And, and you know what? It's some days I'm so good at it and I feel like I'm really zen. And then other days my mind is just racing. I'm like, when is this meditation going to be over? I've got so many lists. I've got to do all this stuff. That is not what it's <laughs> supposed to be. Uh, but again, no judgment. And um, I think journaling is a great way for me to calm myself. Uh, it, may, it makes me feel it's kind of, it's kind of counterintuitive. It makes me feel organized yet calm. Yeah. You know, I kind of list, do lists. So that makes me again, feel the type A comes out and then I can go to the type B and meet halfway in the middle. Um, yeah. There you go. yeah. Every day, just look, look for new stuff. And I, I think it's just for me, visualizing something, um, in nature, 
if I can't be in it, I can go back to something and think, oh, you know, I see that gorgeous, I see that gorgeous sunset in Southampton. Mm. I see that, I see that the clouds, I love to look at clouds and, you know, and then I, what do I see in the clouds? And speaking of nature, I have to, I'm just going to tell you this. I don't know if you guys can hear this, but it's hilarious. I have this woodpecker that is now my new best friend. Really? Outside the window. I don't know what I'm going to name him yet, but he (laughs) is very active and I, and he's got a lot of energy and I think he has empathy too, though. Uh, He's feeling me now because he went away. There you go. He knew that you were going to be recording something today. That's right. (laughs) That's right. So he'll be back. Uh, yeah, so that's my answer. What about you? What are your practices? Great question. I mean, I also, I love meditation and journaling and I think, oh my gosh, speaking of more nature, I think someone is stuck in the snow outside. I can hear their tires just turning outside Ah. of my apartment because it's been snowing so much today, but that actually is something I visualize often is a fresh blanket of snow outside because- Clean slate. Yeah, because it's a clean slate and snow actually has this physical property of absorbing sound, which is why when it snows outside, it's actually more quiet. Like, I don't know if you've ever gone for a walk in the snow. I'm sure you have, obviously, living in New York, but there's just something about it where it just muffles sound and it's so fresh and so quiet and so untouched. And um, so that's something I'll visualize sometimes, but the the snow imagery is also very cold and um so sometimes i think too i might have mentioned this in a past episode but i had this professor in college that walked us through this visualization exercise to get us out of our own energy and into the energy of our character of whoever we were getting ready to portray and so we do this walking meditation around one of the rehearsal halls And she would say, I'd like you to envision yourself as a clean slate, a blank canvas, a clear glass of water. And I would always pick the clear glass of water Um, because sometimes she'd ask us after, you know, our walking meditation, she, she would say, what did you visualize yourself as? You know, were you the blank canvas? Were you a clean slate? And I always saw myself as a clear glass of water. So sometimes when I'm feeling really overwhelmed, you know, and my body's like the ocean, like an angry tossing and turning storm, I just imagine myself as this clear, warm glass of water that's just completely still. And um, I think envisioning nature, it just is so neutral. That's one of the things about getting outside. That's why it's so healthy for us is that the energy outside naturally is usually more neutral than whatever space we're inhabiting because like a room gets filled up with so much energy and and your energy can change from what you consume like our social media the news you know if we ordered takeout versus you know making a nice salad that day or the music that we're listening to right like all of these experiences have different energetic vibrations that affect our energy but when you get outside nature has a vibration and an energy completely of its own. And that's actually the energy of us. That's where we come from. We're natural beings. We feel very connected to other living things like trees and plants and grass. And so when we're out in nature, I think it helps kind of neutralize our energy because we're combining how we feel with how the earth feels. And there's just something really um, calming about that. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, that's, that's a great 
analogy, a great thing that, that you said now, and I said, to, you know, you know that I'm down in Florida. For those of you out there, I, I, I defected to Florida for a little bit and it's 85 and sunny here. And I know you guys are getting snow. And I said to my friend <laughs> up there, I said, I really miss the snow. And I'm not going to repeat what she said to me because it was pretty vicious. But uh, <laughs> uh, I love to go out in the snow and walk around. And we had that beautiful snow in December. And when it's just so fresh, it was late at night. Nobody had touched it. It was like a clean blanket of just white crystal beauty. And it was that soft, furry snow, fluffy snow. And then the next day I woke up and, you know, they had started plowing and it's messy and brown and gross. And that I will equate to how my energy looks to me if I don't clean the slate. Right. You know, I start with the clean blanket of white snow. And then when I let all that other stuff in with the empathy and then, then that looks like the day after the snow. Yeah. It's not pretty. Right. That kind of reminds me too. We were talking about this earlier as well, but it's really interesting to track your energy throughout the day and discover when you feel the most clear. So for me, my energy is the most clear right after I wake up in the morning. I have so many creative ideas and thoughts and I might even, you know, I might be a little sleepy. I might not be fully awake yet, but I feel so at peace when I wake up in the morning. There's just this window of time when I haven't checked my phone yet. I haven't looked at my emails. I'm not ready to work. I have plenty of time and space to just wake up and I feel so crystal clear. But throughout the day, as I'm on social media, I'm checking my emails, I get into all these like daily tasks. I find by the end of the day or really mid afternoon, like that four o'clock, 4.30 sort of time, that's when I am the most out of my natural energy if I'm not careful because I've consumed all these other things through the day. I've been affected by all the other happenings throughout the day. And that's usually the time of my day now where I've learned to schedule a break, where I meditate then, or I go for a walk outside, or, you know, I go ahead and, and sage or light a candle, just do something to shift the energy of my space to help me come back to that clear place inside of me. But when do you think you are the most energetically clear throughout the day? Like, is it in the morning for you too? Or is it more at nighttime when things have winded down a bit? I I think it depends on the day. Uh, and I think it depends on other factors too. Like I think the weather, and like you said, if you get out, nature is so important. And, and again, talking about empathy and energy and seeing, and there's so much empathy in nature. Like people say nature is cruel, but it's really not. There's, there's a lot of empathy going on, right? even if you, I mean, like, I, you know, I, you know, I love nature shows and right here I have my own thing going on, right? Like it's, it's just like its own little, I don't even have to watch a nature show. And, um, the, yeah, I just find, I find it amazing. Like these birds, they're hilarious. I mean, they, they're no, they have empathy for one another. They have respect and there's a whole hierarchy and everything, but it's kind of funny to watch. I'm like, it's a bird. Yeah. But their group behavior, they do have like concern and stuff. It sounds crazy, but you know, if we pay attention, right. I don't know. Well, I, I totally think that this is kind of getting into the spiritual side of things, but I personally believe that we are all, that idea that we're all one, 
like we all have a consciousness in common. We all have a beating heart. You know, we all have this, you know, blood running through our veins and we are the same on the inside more or less. I think we all have a soul and a purpose on this earth and that's what makes us one. And so I think that we feel the most connected when we are having empathy for one another and we're really having empathy for ourselves, which I know sounds obvious or sounds a little strange, but I think a lot of times when we're placing harsh judgments on ourselves and we are um, putting ourselves down and that inner critic is coming out, you know, how does that feel? Not great, right? It feels like there's a separation, like you're feeling this wound of not being accepted. But when you tune into this place of empathy for yourself, of saying, you know what, I'm doing the best that I can. I'm learning and I'm growing. Every mistake that I'm making is helping me become the better version of me. Having that kind of empathy for yourself as you would with a friend or a, a cherished loved one, that makes us feel so good inside. It makes us feel so seen and accepted. And that's such an, an interesting observation that you can see that in nature because I absolutely can too. And I would even say that I think that's when nature is at its best is when it's in that energy of empathy. And I think all living things have empathy for one another. Similarly with even like trees and plants, when you plant two trees next to each other, their root systems kind of like respect one another's space or they're symbiotic. So they help each other in growing. Um, mm -hmm. Unless you obviously have like a weed or, or something like that, but it, it is cool to see that there is empathy in nature and what a, what a beautiful observation. I think, yeah, we have to look at that all the time. And when does, I think, but when does it, we were talking about this earlier, when does it become a problem or is it not a problem? I won't label it to be, is it possible? Is it possible to be too empathetic? For instance, I don't know. I don't think you were there this night, but again, obviously this is pre COVID when we were actually gathering like normal humans and getting to hug one another and have dinner parties. But I, you know, I think we ordered and the delivery guy came and I'm putting this stuff out and, I, and, I, and I'm like, that guy, he just looked really sad to me. Like, and my friends are like, what is wrong with you? Are you out of your tree? Like it's a delivery guy. I'm like, I know that, but I'm just saying, they're like, you're never going to see him again, which is probably not true because if you order or you repeat, that's a different point. But it just, and like, I felt so heavy and they're like, you got to let it go. Like, you don't know him. It's not your problem. And I get that it's not my problem, but I still might, he just looked really sad, you know, and there's nothing I can do. What am I going to do? Invite him in to eat with us? No, he's got other places to go. But I guess my point is, do you ever feel like that where it becomes just like it, it, the parameters are hard to deal with? Well, the short answer is yes. I think it is hard to deal with sometimes when it's those heavy feelings that aren't necessarily ours, but I think truly there's no such thing as a negative emotion. And I think everyone in our society is so quick that when we feel sadness, a lot of times empathy um, is in that category as well. When we feel irritation or anger, we label it as bad and we need to fix it. We need to get rid of it. So if we, if like with you did, you saw this delivery guy, he seemed sad. You picked up on that sadness and you felt sad for him. Everyone else's suggestion is don't feel sad, just brush it off. Who, you know, who cares? Not that they were using those words, but notice how that feels. It feels like, oh no, should I not be feeling sad for this person? What's wrong with me that I'm like taking on this thing that I shouldn't be feeling? When in reality, 
how loving Maggie, what a loving, amazing thing to pick up on someone else's sadness and feel that for them. So instead of needing to fix it or see it as something that's wrong or being too sensitive or being too much of something, feeling too much, I think that that's a beautiful opportunity to lean into that and just send him some love and light, you know, yeah, feel that why. sadness and just think, you know what, I'm going to take just a minute to put my hand over my heart, take a deep breath and send an intention of love towards him. He might receive it. He might not receive it. Who knows? But you put it out there for him. And when you trust that, mm that energy that you just put out there in the world will touch the person that needs it most. You can bet that it'll get there, you know, yeah. and it will. So on the one hand, I think energetically as human beings, of course, it feels like a burden. I think it feels like a lot to pick up on these emotions that aren't ours. But I think that when we start seeing empathy as something that is a gift and we tune into that gift, and we allow ourselves not to dwell on those feelings, that's when it becomes our superpower. So for example, when we feel other people's feelings, instead of like, as soon as we hear ourselves being like, oh, I feel so heavy, like, oh, this is really weighing me down. I've taught myself to shift and say, okay, I'm feeling what someone else is feeling. I'm gonna take a minute to send them what they need. So if they're feeling a lot of anger, you know, like someone is on the subway and, they, you know, I accidentally bump into them and I truly didn't mean to. And they give me a big F you, you know, very New Yorker <laughs> of them. Yeah. That, that used to really stick with me. And I thought, oh, they were just so angry. And now I'm angry too. Like I want to be angry back at them for being angry. You know, I catch myself and say, okay, I understand that I'm feeling angry, you know, for them being angry. Now I'm going to take a second. And I'm going to say, I want to send them some peace today. And by sending them peace, I send myself peace, you know, right. it really, you, you take whatever that feeling is and you kind of give it its opposite energetic kind of compliment and it just neutralizes the energy. And I think that's just a great way to, um, I think I used this word earlier, but alchemize kind of one I energy. I love that word. I love and that word. Alchemize it. Yeah. Into a gentler energy. But I think part of it too is just feeling our feelings. Sometimes you just got to be angry. You got to have a good cry. There's nothing wrong with that. You don't always have to turn it into sun, sunshine and rainbows. Sometimes you just have to sit in it and be like, I'm allowed. I'm allowed well, to be sad. That's what people, that's right. And I think people are very afraid of, like you said, I think people are very afraid, not all, most people are afraid of sadness, pain, um, uh, anger, they're not they're not comfortable emotions to sit in. I get it. And I mean, I, I mean, that being said, I can go, I can, I feel, I can go to the sadness at any point. I mean, because I just feel it and I fully embrace it. And people are like, Oh, you're so sensitive. You're so sensitive. And I, and all my life. And then I thought, yeah, you know what I am. And it's a good thing. It's yeah. work. It's, it's a good thing. Yes. It has its, it has its ups and downs, but it's a good thing. I wouldn't trade it for anything because you know what? I love the fact that I'm sensitive. I dig yes. it. Yeah. yeah, I get snap. people. I hear people. Snap is right. And you know what? If you're angry, and that, as you know, is one of my big, I am so afraid of anger. It scares me on so many levels That's because it, it's just frightening. But when you embrace it and own it and channel it and do it in a, in a, in a, in a healthy way, anger's good. When somebody says to me, oh, I never get mad. I'm like, well, then you don't have a pulse or something's wrong. Yeah, it's not healthy. It's, we all have issues that, and, but if you let it out and I can say, oh, I'm, now that's another thing to grow into. And with empathy, 
you know, I can empathize with other people's anger. It doesn't feel good, but I can get where they're coming from. Like you said, on the subway, you know, and again, way back, I haven't been on a subway since you guys, since March, almost a year. Imagine that used to do it 20 times a day. Uh, But I had an episode and I accidentally tapped into someone. It happens. We're all down there. And she turned around and she's like, fuck you. And I, and then, and then I get all, it hurt my feelings. I don't even know her again. Why should it hurt my feelings? I take it this on. She's not mad at me having a bad day. Didn't want to get bumped into. It was raining. Who knows what else is going on in their life? You know what I mean? Not about me. I don't need to take that on. I gotta let that go. I apologized. I said, I'm sorry. Didn't mean to bump into you, but you know, that's where we're at. Not going to buy you a car. Right. Well, totally. And I think that's such an important part of empathy as well is especially when you are an empath, you can empathize with and for other people, but back to the dwelling is like, we don't want to dwell on it. We don't need it to stick with us, to weigh us down. And so when we're starting to feel heavy and it's really starting to affect our day, we've let it sit in our space for too long. Our body is not responding well to having this extra energy that's not ours. It's weighing us down. And so that's when we need to clear our energy, you know, which is what we started this conversation out with is like knowing that clearing our energy is so important. It's something that we need to do multiple times a day. Um, Obviously it's different for every person, but I need to do it multiple times a day because I'm so highly empathetic. Me too. But I think that as important as that is, and obviously creating energetic boundaries for yourself, um, when people look at us and say, you're just too sensitive, you need to let it go. You're too sensitive. You're too sensitive. It's like, well, it's because they are uncomfortable with the level of emotion that you can keep in your space. So like, I'll, I'll put it on me. When people say that I'm too sensitive, I almost take it as a compliment because I'm like, wow, I can, I have the capacity to hold so much emotion. I have the capacity to feel joy, sadness, anger, frustration, jubilation, glee, you know, like I can hold all of these things at the same time. And some people that feel that I'm too sensitive or that I'm caring too much, it's because they don't have the same threshold for emotion that I do. That's okay. I'm not going to put it on them. They can be uncomfortable with my amount that I'm feeling. And yes, it might trigger something in them. It might make them uncomfortable, but I'm not going to change who I am to make someone else more comfortable. I don't need to put my emotions on them. I understand they have their own boundaries. And if it's too much for them to handle, they don't need to handle my feelings. I'll handle my own feelings. I'll clear my own feelings. I'll have my time to go through things. But that's one thing that I've learned in my life as an empath is I need other people in my life that have the capacity to be around me when I have big emotions. And like, you know, my partner, Sean is so good at not taking on my feelings. Cause I have a lot of feelings and he can hold space for my feelings without making them his feelings too. So if I'm having a really, really, really sad day, he can be sad for me. He can be there to support me, but he will not take on those emotions as his own. Otherwise we'd have two really sad people and that would be really difficult, you know? And so that's something that I really value in our relationship is being able to hold space for each other's feelings while respecting the other person's ability to handle them on their own as well. 
And right. in past relationships, I've been with people that are also extremely empathetic and it was a, just a toxic cycle. Like we didn't have energetic boundaries for each other. We felt everything that the other person felt and it was just too much. It was, well, that's just, then that goes to crazy town. That's why you exactly. need a, That's That's why you need a partner that, that know that, that knows that you're an empath. And, that, and, and that's what I would say. Chris, my husband is an empath, but in a different way than me. And he also knows when he can rein me in and, and he can say to me, you're, this is ridiculous. This is not yours. Don't own it. Yes. Or own it, but don't, don't own what's not yours. And I love he that. will, yeah, he will say, he's like, this is not your issue. This is not your problem. Yeah. I'm more than and happy. You know, I take on stuff that I really shouldn't take on. And then, uh, and he's like, no, stop. You're not doing that. It's not your problem. Yeah. You've got no dog in that fight. Right. And we all need those types of people because just as a human being and as a, as an empath, especially, we're going to have times where we might not have cleared enough energy that day. We might have taken on a little bit too much. And it's important that we have people in our lives that can help us identify when that's happening, you know? And obviously yeah. as a coach, that's what I do for my clients. Like I have a lot of clients who are other coaches, healers, light workers, um, yoga instructors, you know, and sometimes they can take on the weight of the world just like we can. And it's important to have someone else there to help you sort through those feelings and say, okay, what feelings are yours and what feelings are others that you haven't cleared out of your space. But um, yeah, I think Sean's the same way. He's also an empath, but in a very different way. And I, again, I think it goes back to our conversation about boundaries, but knowing what is yours to handle and what is not yours to handle or things you can let go of or release is so important. Yeah, it is. And, and you have to surround yourself too with friends that, and everyone in your life that can say, Hey, okay, you know, don't worry like this again. Like I I'm, I'm, I'm to the, I know that I'm to the extreme. I get that. I, I own it. I acknowledge it. I accept it. I understand. I work on it all the time, but you need to have friends that, um, that, that also will reinforce that and tell you that and be like, Hey, well, you know, that's a good friend. What, what, am I right with this? Am I wrong with this? Am I, and again, no right or wrong. Cause we're all living in our own space and what we feel is right. We think it's right. But, you know, I, I, I have a couple of really good friends and I think you would tell me and just say, Hey, Max, it's not your issue. Don't worry about it. Like, you know, I get Absolutely. so, I get so nervous or upset if somebody, if we go into, like, if you and I were at a restaurant and the waiter comes over and is like snarky. I'm like, did I, did I do something wrong? Like in my head, I know I didn't. What could I have done wrong? Right? I didn't do anything to offend them, but I want to fix it. And, and, then, and then you would probably say, hey, Max, we're cool. Let it go. Yeah. Absolutely, I would. Right? And I, exactly, I think having those friendships in your life is just so important. And just in general, I think having people in your life that can give you radical honesty and kind of hold a mirror up to you and say, Hey, here's a reflection. I will reflect you back to you. Here's what I'm seeing. Does that match how you want to be feeling? Does that match who you oh, I are? I like that radical honesty. That's super cool. Instead of brutal. I don't like the word brutal on any level. But I, because I don't think honesty is brutal. I think it's refreshing. Me too. Yeah. Well, if there's a difference between honesty and 
harshness or like you know brutality like brutal honesty but people and radical to, honesty people use two that all things. the time people use yeah. brutal on i'm gonna be brutally honest with you no i don't like that it's not brutal it's the way it's delivered but radical is kind of cool i like that that's like yeah that's that well, sounds like fun right because radical honesty is that's deep like a movement. honesty out of love right? It's out of love. Where I think a lot of people, when they say, I'm going to be brutally honest with you, I think that's them getting ready to justify a mean or hurtful opinion that they didn't take the time to turn into loving. You know, the way that they're communicating it isn't the most loving way that they can communicate it. And they're creating an excuse for themselves by saying, this is going to be some brutal honesty. It's like, okay, so they're, well, maybe they are before not, you say that, take a yeah. second and see how you can say that a little more lovingly. You they're know? not coming from a place of empathy then. Right. I agree. Yeah, totally agree. Absolutely. Empathy, empathy. I love it. Me too. I love everything we've talked about today with empathy, being an empath, how sensitivity can be such a superpower. And I um, am going to open it up to you in a moment, Maggie, to hear any closing remarks that you have. But what I really wanted to leave everyone with today is really two kind of things. If you are a person that identifies as an empath, I would love for you to think about how you can sort through your feelings and find out what emotions really are yours and what emotions are not yours. Really think about your energetic boundaries and check in with yourself. How have you been doing with those recently? Have you felt really bogged down and weighed down or have you been feeling you know, very empathetic, but still very free, very you kind of in this more light way of being. So maybe check yourself on your energetic boundaries and just notice without judgment and without trying to change it kind of where you're at right now. And on the other side of things, if you are not someone that identifies as an empath, I want to invite you to think about where you can invite empathy into your life. Really think about maybe a person or a situation that maybe requires a little bit more empathy from you could really require support and invite yourself in just see where you can lean into empathy in your life that's what i really want to leave everyone with today um maggie i'd love to hear do you have any closing thoughts for us today is there anything else you would you'd like to leave us with well, I think that was beautifully said. Yes, everybody, Lindsay, explore, explore your level of empathy. If you feel that you're a one, try and raise it. If you feel that you're on a 10 and one to 10, 10 being the best, maybe you need to try and adjust it so that you don't take everything on. But uh, also I didn't realize that yesterday was National Acts of Random Kindness Day, which I love. So I think we need to uh, try and do that every day of every all year long. I think that would be awesome. So just think about that and, and whatever you can do, whatever's in your wheelhouse to explore with people, either in your family, outside, both. I don't know what your level of getting out is now, but just, just try and do something or five things, whatever's good for you. And just, just, really, really try that and be kind. It'll feel great to you and it'll feel great to other people. And then just on a fun note, I know Lindsay that you said, what do you think that empathy is a superpower? Uh, so what would you be if you were a superhero? Who would you be? I would be Wonder Woman. 
Wonder Woman. I love, I love that. Wonder Woman is such a good one. Um, if I was a superhero, who would I be? Um, it's a great question. I don't know. I don't know. I guess maybe I really like Spider-Man. I think I'd probably be Spider-Man. All right. Cool. Yeah. Wonder but Woman I love Spider-Man. Good. Yes. Explore your empathy. I want to put that on a, on a bumper sticker. Um, yeah. That's so inspiring to me. I love, I love that we're wrapping up on a explore your empathy and empower also, yourself with empathy. Yes. Love that. Awesome. So well, thank you so much for joining us today and we will see you all next week.